0: Welcome to Witch Police Radio, I'm your regular host Sam, and I'm back again with co-host Rob Crooks, alongside three guests, Elliot Walsh, aka Nestor Winrush, John Smith, and Lonnie C. And all three of these guys will be playing uh, December 18th, which is tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, at the Goodwill in Winnipeg. Uh, This episode's randomly generated theme word is Breathless, which ends up being incredibly relevant to current events, so the episode is a little longer than usual. It was also recorded on location at a store in downtown Winnipeg with our portable equipment. Uh, the episode starts off with a new song by Rob Crooks featuring John Smith, and it's from Rob's brand new album, Downtown 09. You can check out our show on WitchPolice.com and hit podcasts and find all the past episodes for free download or streaming. You can also hear us on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM. And uh, if you want to check out Rob's album, you can go to MarathonOfDope.com, and it's there uh, for the pay what you like model. So check it out and enjoy the show. What time is the
1: Who's already running to the party? stole money all of the nostril Got a funny idea but slothful Driving around with an open bottle Cracking a cigarette pack with ignorant rap That's bumping at top volume Feels good when it feels like you Feels good like when nothing matters Like you can do what you want to do Still watch the cops and dodging and sirens VIP cause the bouncing on know me Free drinks as the waitress, though as a homie Not over the status, but it's certainly is badass When it's working for me I'm feeling too good, feeling alive. I wish I could feel like this all of the time. If I'll never get old, I'm never alone. I'll never go home. I'm never going to call it tonight. So put your drinks up in me, yeah. If you're here and if you care, and have yourself that night tonight,
2: Like a million bucks, body in your function Dumping powder, drugs and pills and stuff Rolling bills my nose fill My van my overkill Might overdo again over chill
3: God damn, is the beer still open still? Tracking down the dopest deal Sample so I know it's real
2: Handshake with the host, it's nice House we here, we hope it's chill like it bad whole posse, we're intact. This bed sucks, so it's your bed, my bed. Where's rap? Pointing it to the stereo. Who's up next? Get in line at like Thunder Bay, Ontario. Copy mugs for triple rise. Checks the guys, the ratio is all out of whack. Play the ball with the homies, maybe more of them round the back. I'm a bonfire banner and I'm on my panic. Attacking and laughing, manic. Scratching handfuls of Xanax. This isn't battle rap, it's dry snitch. Scratch snip, rat and tattle. My mission, all the diamonds yeah. Put them up, let me make a toast. To everyone who's flashed his rose. To everyone who's
1: now a ghost. To everyone who still gives the most. Let's remember these days as if without regret. Let's remember the praise. All that's due our respect.
0: so there's no blankets on the walls and
4: on the ceilings? It's
5: closed. They, don't, they the don't need to know that. They need to know what they need to know.
0: <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm Sam, we regular host. I'm here with Rob, who is a semi-regular host. And do uh,
6: you want to tell everyone what's going on here? Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're here with... Uh, <laughs>
5: you got to move close again. Or, you can
6: hear me, right? Yeah, I can hear me. you, Okay, we're, so we're here with uh, some, <laughs> some guests. We're here promoting uh, the show that all of us are doing on uh, December 18th at the Goodwill. So we're here with uh, Lonnie C., local rap DJ, um, local rapper Nestor Windrush. Frequent Lo- guest of the program, I guess. Local man about town, John Smith. Who we've been trying to get on this show for a long time, so that's good.
7: Also known as Bazooka Joe.
6: Also known as Bazooka Joe. So uh, yeah, the along with me, the all four of us are playing a show on December eighteenth, and uh, we're also playing with Cult Waffles and Three P. Uh, two other hip hop acts. Did you call them
8: Cult Waffles again? That's what they're called. So so you know Cult
6: call Waffle.
4: I don't know if there's an S or not.
6: There's no S. There's it. no S. We <laughs> we <appreciate it>. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I so, fucked up. I already made the poster. And yeah. I couldn't go back. It's a good poster, though. I like how it's you did it. It's, kind of a, it's a great poster. A lot of if compliments. I could, if I could do it differently, though, I would put black borders around the names because I notice when you're walking down the street and you see a poster on a. It's on like a, a magic pole. guy. Who made them? <laughs> I did.
7: Did you? you? Did. Yeah, okay, and. You get all sorts of props because people are thanking me for the poster. I was no. like, I don't even know who made it. I got so, thanks for the poster once. You got thanks for the poster. You guys can take
1: it. You
5: guys. No, no. I always say poster. it was you that I made it. I would no. Say no it was you then they made.
7: might ask me to do more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't even make
5: him say you did it. Yeah, totally. Yo, man, I got this job. I'll just,
6: I'll just like, uh, if someone asks me to do a poster, I'll be like, hundred bucks, and then I'll give fifty to Al and be like, make a poster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so if people haven't listened to the show before, the way it works is we have randomly generated theme word, and this week the theme is breathless. So we just basically hit a button on the computer shoots a word out at us and that dictates the songs we pick throughout the episode and kind of uh, informs the conversation, but usually not really. So uh, we've all picked or are about to pick Breathless songs and talk about them, but first of all, I guess we should talk about the show. Uh, it's probably
6: the first show you played in a while, right? Um, I can't remember the last time I played a yes, show. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the first like, rap, rap show though, where oh, I'm just going to be rapping over beats. It's the first show I played like that in
5: you got something uh, coming out around that date too, don't you?
6: Yeah, I got a new EP um, that I'm going to be performing all the songs from um, that's coming out hopefully like a few days before the show. Um, and uh, it features Pipskid and John Smith and then uh, I did all the beats and all the other, the rest of the rappings.
5: Oh, they okay, tunes on it, man.
6: Six songs.
3: Six songs, okay. It's just
6: like a, it's an EP. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like um, uh, what do you call it like a theme a theme EP where it's all kind of about like nightlife because I wrote it like I, all the songs are really old and they're from when I used to go out a lot and uh, so they were like just about that experience and just uh, kind of the dark side of, of Winnipeg nightlife you know back in the days when there was still the Albert and just kind of running around getting in trouble and you know doing things you're not supposed to do and then uh, yeah it's kind of but they're inevitable they're inevitable, and they're they're you come out the other side a better man, sometimes or better woman, great right. or, or better, better trans, what sometimes. What's the EP called? Uh, Downtown 09, which is uh, a reference to Downtown '81, and because I kind of like the idea that it's kind of like, that the record is kind of like Downtown '81, where it's like this kind of mix of hip hop and punk culture. So I thought it was kind of uh, appropriate to reference that in the title.
5: Could you, uh, I know people could do an easy search, but what's Downtown 81?
6: It's that movie from uh, New York with, you know, starring Gat that's, uh, it's just, it's basically him just running through Downtown New York and running into all these artists and bands from the, that scene, you know. It's, in, it's not that great a movie, but it's, you know, it's, it's historically significant, I suppose, just because of all the people in it. Word. What oh, about the rest of you guys? Anyone else promoting anything, or is it just a regular show for you? this is coming out with any records? record
5: soon. Mm-hmm. Not before the show, though. Not before maybe the birth of my grandchildren.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you have something recorded, though? Oh, like well, yeah. It's-
5: I was listening to it on the way here,
0: <laughs> actually.
5: Um, yeah, got a record. It's coming out sooner or later. Um, this it's called guy's
7: The King of Promotion. It's
0: thing. I most of them. I like Super the fact that Joe's... really excited about <laughs> I it. I
5: like the fact that Joe's here. He knows exactly what's going on in Bites. Weird head. Um,
0: and the table being so low, it almost seems like you're kind of a this
5: thing. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, yeah, so it's called Roxbury and Wooden Legs or Roxbury and Grey Nuns. I haven't figured out what it's called yet. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, Disintegration's putting it out. Oh, cool. And, um, disintegration Records. Which disintegration Records with uh, Greg Gregory. McPherson and... Uh, and uh, Cam Lepke, they run that label. So, um, and Rob's working on a record for for them in the near future as well. Cool. So this is, yeah. This then I disappear for another six or seven years, and, <laughs> and that's good. It's fine. But yeah, it's awesome. I'll be playing a bunch of songs from it that I'll probably hate afterwards.
6: What kind of production is on it? Like who did the beats?
5: Uh, Roddy. So McEnroe. Happy twentieth anniversary to yeah. Peanuts and Corn. We have. John Smith here, aka Bazooka Joe, aka Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> Sorry, because <laughs> <I started laughs> then Method man started coming to mind. <laughs> <laughs> that skit from from Cuban Links, Raleigh Fingers. But anyways, uh, aka Hot
3: Nicks. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, so so back in row, uh Grand Analog. So the the homies. Uh, Dario and uh, Alistair Johnson, um, and Honeycut. Um yeah, so those are, I'm playing around with a few other beats, other producers, just don't know what's going to make it, how things fit together, yeah. And you
0: know, when coming out, there's no, 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 time frame for when it's coming out, or just hey, there's always
5: a time frame, <laughs> but why would I say it, <laughs> it's always going to change, right, right. that's my life story too. It gets done when it gets done. That's what I say, man.
6: You're up so interested in this conversation. He's reading the magazine right now. Yo, man. <laughs> I'm reading this article about Alpha's political rap. Oh, yeah? The modern man condition. Not the condition of modern man, the modern man condition. Who wrote it? Uh. Harrison Samphere? Okay. Uh, what about you, Joe? What are you working on? <laughs>
5: <laughs> that was a good transition, buddy. Yeah, it was, it was awful. It was
6: like, well, I was actually looking at Black is coming. Yeah, I forgot right, about that. Yeah. I'm actually excited for that show. Really? Like five years ago, I wouldn't have cared. But now, ten years ago, I would have really excited. And five years ago, I wouldn't have cared. Now I'm excited again. Well, what you? <laughs> <laughs> What's, What's that? that? You excited? Yeah, I please, learned. please. <laughs> I, need to, I, I need love this. that album, the Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a great record. Sure.
4: All right, no, I just mean why five years yeah, ago, you wouldn't yeah, have that's what about we about want to know. Say if if it's, it's like, 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 like acid-washed
7: jeans, man. You, gotta, you, gotta, yeah. you don't want to see it for a while. Disgusts you, actually, for a while. You yeah. hate it for a while. And then it comes back around. You're like, hey, I like that. Yeah. I know, that was I cool. I don't think acid-washed jeans have
4: ever come back, though. <laughs> <laughs> Au contraire. Oh, it's like that I'm family afraid. member that
5: you, you like sometimes, but you don't like. <laughs> well, it's I like, like your friend Elliot. <laughs> 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 I
3: do have a,
7: a record coming out that I'd like to talk about. Uh, it's called Schadenfreude, and actually Rob is making all the beats for it.
0: Rob's doing everything here.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to stay busy. Yeah, he's got his, hand, he's
7: got his hands in the cookie jar. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a record about self-destruction and partying, and it's pretty fun and a little dark, and yeah, I'm super stoked to get it out there.
0: who's been that out
7: uh, well, there's a, there's a few ideas about how it's going to get put out, but uh, it, will get, it will come
0: out. Uh, we'll say that.
7: So I'm going to play a few of those jams on the 18th at the Goodwill.
9: Oh, right. Oh, we'll yeah. That's important Goodwill. yeah, that's yeah, where it important.
0: is. That's what we have an intro for the record later. <laughs>
7: so. uh, along with uh, my buddies 3 Pete and CultWaffle and, and uh, PT Barnum over here, the self-promoter. <laughs>
8: That's me! <laughs>
7: <laughs> and Lonnie's going to play the records, and yeah, it's super, super dope. I'm excited, uh, yeah, I'm excited for Sean to come out, I think it'll freak people out a little bit.
6: You're also playing uh, a pretty big show uh, towards the end of the month as well, right? Yeah,
7: and then on the 29th, back at the Goodwill, is the, uh, the 20th reunion of Peanuts and Corn Records. Yeah, it was cool. And uh, yeah, that'll be, that'll be pretty fun, it'll be pretty crazy. It's also my birthday. Oh yeah, I
5: was wondering. I was gonna ask you that.
7: This is like five years in a row with shows on my birthday. It's good. It Keeps me from getting, lo- getting too crazy.
6: Yeah, I love I love playing shows on my birthday because it's like usually I don't want to go out for my birthday. it birthday's like right by Christmas though. Yeah, but I don't want to tell people it's my birthday. I just it's so like and like so going out and having a show to play. It's like mo- like a lot of your friends will be there, and then it's just like gives you something to
3: do. You know? Yeah, uh,
5: yeah, I like that. Yeah, like you don't
6: have so, to you don't have to call all your friends and be like, hey, it's my birthday, come out. You yeah, you don't have to like will be
5: there hopefully, you know? Yeah. And, meanwhile, you're celebrating life, and they don't even know why you're yeah, celebrating exactly. life. They just think you're celebrating life. You. Yeah. yeah,
6: it's deep.
5: But sometimes. <laughs>
6: okay. So, uh, and Lonnie, you're still uh, staying steady with the Grip and Grain,
5: and uh, what, what other DJ nights you have going uh, What other things
4: do you own? What other things do you do? Uh, yeah, Grip and Grain once a month, and then I got a new party. Well, I joined a, a existing party called Jams that happens once a month. With uh, Anthony Sani from the Lytics and DJ Zuki. And then, yeah, Lytics stuff, Union stuff, Tub stuff. I forgot to say that you're in the Lytics.
3: Yeah. What's going on with the Lytics these
4: days? Uh, Alex is is wrapping up the new record. All the raps are recorded. Awesome. Alex is finishing the production. It should uh, be done soon enough. We're not sure where it's coming out, but uh, it's in the works. It's close. So you
6: guys are done with that, uh, what was that label
3: called? Camel Bear yeah
4: you I think Camel Bear is done all really together rude?
3: yeah
4: yeah we're so yeah we're trying to we're trying to figure that out but we got some gigs lined up in Europe in May so we'll be out there touring a bit and cool. the record will be up by then and yeah, hopefully have a label to put it up with but if not whatever
0: I'm cool. sure you guys will find something yeah hope so well, to go, uh, we went back on like the uh, breathless theme. We should probably do a song, so I'm gonna take someone to start it off. I was—I uh, don't know how you guys felt about the theme. Like, whether you had a lot of ideas or not. Sometimes because it's random some of those are horrible and people have like just nothing, but uh, that one's pretty good. I mean, how did you, you
4: generate? Is there an app that picks it's the? It's just words? like a website
0: with random word generator. There's a bunch of them online, and you ah. just hit a button, and whatever it gives you is kind of. But this for this one, the uh, first thing I thought of was like um, the character of Breathless Mahoney from Dick Tracy. And I'm not complaining Madonna songs, but um, like she was Madonna player in the movie, right? And I'm like a huge nerd for Dick Tracy comics. Like I've read most of the uh, archives, like dating back to the '40s and stuff of Dick Tracy, like into the '80s and everything. And um, I actually want to talk about Dick Tracy in a minute, but <laughs> uh, I'm gonna play a song first. The song is from 1964, like, It's by the Scandalites, and it's called Dick Tracy. pick uh Dick Tracy by the Skylights and
5: uh do you play that every week? No, no but, but I, 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 he likes Dick Tracy. I like he Dick, likes Reggae. Yeah. If anyone's playing Jamaican music on the show okay.
0: it's me. Like it's all you know, every week I try to put it in if I can. But um yeah Dick Tracy like the weird thing about this is uh when this came out Dick Tracy was it was before the 64, 64, 65 before the moon landing happened. And I guess the Chester Gould, the guy who um, was the artist and writer for Dick Tracy, figured it was getting stale after like 20, 30 years of just doing the same crime stories over and over again. So he figured like, you know, there's a lot of uh, kind of news about the space race and things going on. So let's make Dick Tracy go to the moon. So for like two <laughs> or three years, Dick Tracy had the moon period. I think this is a real years? But this is all before the moon lasts. You it that
8: long? It lasts a really long time. Wow. so on So, no, no, he did goes to the moon and the
0: people who live in the moon, right? It's like the governor of the moon and his wife and his daughter. And Dick Tracy has this adopted orphan urchin boy called Junior Tracy. And like he's aged a little bit in the comics. So, like, by that point, he was like uh, 18. So, he marries Moon Maid, who is the daughter of the moon governor. <laughs> I want to see it. I got to
3: see him. <laughs> and picture they have all like, these like, crazy Tracy. spaceships
0: and shit flying around. And like Dick Tracy, for two years, is fighting crime on the moon. <laughs> I does not have any jurisdiction
7: in
6: the moon. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you like, you know, I already accept gonna... your authority dictators. Like <laughs> the authority of the moon governor, because
0: like it was like his, you know, his son's father-in-law. You can
7: so... you can stretch it out for years because the chases would take really long. <laughs> yeah. so just yeah. bouncing yeah, and totally. out. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah, So oh. was he Was he moonlighting on the moon? Uh.
8: <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. Sometimes I thought <laughs> So, anyway, like. Sybil <laughs> shepherd. Apparently, by the time
0: the actual moon landing happened, he realized, like, the guy doing the comic that this was ridiculous. <laughs> like, there's no way they're actually going to find it. How into... did he do
6: it for two to three years not knowing it was ridiculous? Well. I mean, it's, it, well, it was. masculine. It, it, it wasn't. Yeah, right. I mean, if for all anyone knew, there was a moon governor. Was yeah, this guy
8: yeah. really in there <laughs> he's, he's just bored. He's bored, right? Yeah, exactly. That's all. He's bored. So, I mean, what happened to the
0: comics is he, he decided around, like, 67 or so that, like, this moon landing was actually going to happen in real life, so he should maybe not have Dick Tracy fight <laughs> cry on the moon when it actually <laughs> and he, like, Dick... So, yeah, that's, that's Junior. Right? Junior Tracy, yeah. Wow. Um, see, let's see Urchin yeah. He's a ginger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, he totally, like, killed the moon story, and he ended up uh, killing, off, killing off Moon Maid, which was the... The wife of Junior Tracy, and they had this kid called Honeymoon. Actually, before they killed her off. Honeymoon? Honeymoon, oh, yeah, of so, course they did. So, before yeah. they killed her off. They had another kid named Moon, yeah. yeah <laughs> they moved back to Earth, and they just completely stopped talking about the fact that they were aliens. Like, they had these antennas and stuff still, but <laughs> they, they didn't mention it. For, like, they started kind of pushing them out. And then, when they actually killed her, was like years later, they had this guy, Max Allen Collins, who's like a true crime writer, who came in to take over the comic after just a little about too old. I know way too much about Tracy. And uh, so he came in and he was like didn't want to have anything moon like period first or first thing of is kill in <laughs> And then in two thousand twelve, uh Moonmaid came back. All of a sudden someone was shown, showed up and was like had the antennas and everyone was like, holy shit, MoonMate is back. Oh, no. But it turned out it was like someone they were experimenting on who had like artificially implanted memories. It's a really good comic. Uh, (laughs) So
7: she was (laughs) like black alicious or acid wash jeans. So
6: they they still have like new Dick Tracy
1: comics?
3: Yes. It's
0: it's, and Dick Tracy is good because
6: in most comics like first of all most newspaper
0: comics are not crime Comics, right? They're like just dumb jokes every week. And Dick Tracy was notable at the time. Were in they in newspapers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Notable at the time and still notable now in that they actually murder people all the time. Like Dick Tracy won't arrest them; and just shoot them in the head. <laughs> it's just like
3: at the time it was really groundbreaking. <laughs> and like, that brings oh. us back to our theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good. That's a good break from Christian
0: propaganda in the comics section. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Oh, I mean, it's a, yeah. It's like a really dark. Yeah. comic you know and yeah so it like, yeah. was a very kind of had this spy sort of sound going on which I guess would have been happening the time with Bond movies stuff, right? so I don't know they're still around even though it was like one guy left alive oh. the rest are all day I have like some uh, white French guy playing bass and his name is Natty Frenchie oh, they're, like, <laughs> they're like the CCR experience yeah it's, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's like Lester Sterling like trying really hard to stay alive and play sax and then yeah. like a bunch of other guys but you know I'd probably still see them if they came
7: Uh, I got a pick for the breathless theme. It's uh, by a rapper named Micah Nine, uh, who was trained as a horn player before he started rapping. So he has circular breathing. So he he can rap at a clip that most other people can't.
8: You have to understand in this rap game it's blood in and blood out. Tympanic contortions, your cauliflower catching abortion, the hearing aid got impregnated, the water broke in your fade and elevated to your braided melon torsion. Velocity affects cortex on access, propellant from projects, neutron inquisitive, split its fears beyond the primitive, mindset definitive, disaster. Run off weird explosions of a psychic nature, achieving photocopy, shadow silhouettes, black jet plaster, leaving a vile taste in my chop caster. Oil serum, debunked every theory, scrolled every theorem. Drop from eczema, abstaining from noxema i conduct my dream, eczema Maintaining global cement aisles Wrecks, newscomers, who's number nine? Trans and succeed, or shine One day when the sun's dim My one-by-moment friend As I rise in worldly itching, I notice my dubs bitch my dimes But I know that someday I'll live off this rhyme And depending on how you like it I can live a long time But if not, I might drop dead Right on the spot Spent off hot running red light When I know I should stop To the streets, flipping, burning scratches I caught when I landed got right back up and I walked and ran and drove and flew and teleported and transmutated and stalked the dimensional view and lined and chalked on mics and MC or 200 but I couldn't recoup my budget so back to the drawing board with your whack-a-mudgeon to the dungeon with any fools would be sponging my sword is pen I lunge an abdomen you fall I take all I just had to win I'm building for my children in my field and trying to shield them from worldwide whackness Continental chiropractic, you scratch my back, it's my turn, to admit, make concern to match this bloodshed, lust, and glory. I tell stories of people's expeditions, through human conditions, transmission, soaring, eyes, bloodshot, gushing, gore, euphoria, beyond mediocre, these greedy ogres are no warriors. Listen, my fellow countrymen, blood clock, up your I am on the air. jaws, no gag reflex, you can swallow my fat 10-inch maggot, I'm a trouble magnet, arrestable microphone magnum, dragnet, undigestible and stagnant, water broke, umbilical cord, choke a chain, your newborn daughter throat, wholesome, far from wholesome, closer
3: to wholesome, Wholesome, I'm a model, west coast, a holder of the boulder, Colorado mulatto, fold up my foreskin
8: inside, your grin above your chin for fellatio. 9 to 1 ratio, you get socked out by some disgruntled employee plotting pistachio, cape squirrely trying to nut up, rapping in front of these curly hair girlies, while the men blow, we rumble through your humble abode, carte blanche, you can hear applause and cheers for Michael the pioneer, holding a seashell to your ear, pacific ocean conch, San Luis Obispo, Joe Piscopo, Cisco and Ebert earning principles, I will commit to serving you, rain master, who wish for death, kissing yourself goodbye, passed away, left they ask for blast rights, cast
7: or something like that and they were
6: they would uh, they wrote easy's for stuff too yeah they were they were all Before in there. more ice cube like took that role over and then when uh, easy found uh, bone thugs um, I've heard rumors that it's the same thing that they got like a nine to write a lot of the bone thugs there so yeah there's a
7: few I've never heard there's, that there's a few variations on that rumor the the other one is that easy brought Bone Thugs, when he first got them from Cleveland, he brought them to The Good Life in LA. And The Good Life is not a gym. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, Micah and AC, for people that don't know, were part of a group called Freestyle Fellowship, which is like one of the greatest avant-garde rap groups of all time uh, from LA. And uh, there was this night in LA called The Good Life was held in a health food store, that's why it was called the Good Life. Um, and the, the only rules were no cursing because it's something to do with the owner. And uh, the other rule was only freestyling. And uh, so that's like the LA kind of underground movement was really based in a lot of uh, improv and freestyling. Mean, There's a huge jazz influence, which, like I said, yeah. Micah Nine was a horn player. Um, so, yeah, so the Good Life was. Kind of this notorious place. Uh, One of the better stories from *The Good Life* is Fat Joe showing up there, and like, getting all shithead New York on everybody, uh, and going on stage and not freestyling and getting booed out of the building. Mm. Um, And the other thing is, you would like the New York guys would think that these guys were all hippies, even though these these are hard LA street dudes. Like, just because they're making jazzy avant-garde music doesn't mean they're not street dudes. Uh, anybody who, who uh, wants to listen to like Bill and Empire or L.A. Mm-hmm. Cool will figure out very quickly what the science is there. But yeah, so Fat Joe gets kind of laughed out of the place. There was an epic uh, cross-continental freestyle battle uh, between Freestyle Fellowship on one coast and Wu-Tang on the other coast. You can find that online and Wu-Tang gets slaughtered. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so the rumor is, is that Easy signed Bone, brought them to LA, to the good life, showed them the freestyle fellowship guys, and that's where Bone got their sing-songy kind of rapid-fire uh, style from. So people in Cleveland insist that they were doing that before, and Easy just brought them there to kind of show them it.
6: The and problem it, with that theory, though, is that no one else in Cleveland doing that like what other Midwest groups were doing. Yeah, that well there
7: was one that came after which is Crucial Conflict, Crucial conflict from yeah. Chicago, but they but that's after. You know, right. like mm-hmm. so there was no precedent for for that style. Whereas in LA there was a whole community of people doing that style. So yeah, so there you go. Freestyle culture, guess, Yeah. So,
5: like a nine. Just going on what you're saying there, the the, the whole problem I have with that with that is Easy got them for a reason, right? Yeah. So he brought them over there. Was it just to, and this goes for the people that are are doubting the the skills of Bone Thugs or what they were about. Was did he bring them there just to refine their skills to show them that someone else was doing something similar to them but had been doing it for a long time, like and they could, I guess, explore this option even further, or was it that they he took them there and saying you got to change up your styles.
8: Which, yeah. uh, uh,
6: and It doesn't mean, though, just because you say that, you know, maybe, maybe not Mike and I was involved, you know, who knows at what level he was involved. That's not yeah. to say that bone thugs aren't talented, obviously. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, like, they also ran with that freestyle fellowship style and kind of made it, they made it their own. They also made it kind of more easy, easily digestible, right? Like, it's, they made it more poppy. Yeah, it was in a sense. more
7: singing There was a lot more singing, mm-hmm. and it was a lot more hooky.
6: And a lot of yeah, a lot more like repetition and stuff, yeah. right? Like
7: so. That said, that first Boney P, uh, they also kind of had like almost like a horrorcore element to that first EP, which oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is why I like it way better than the other stuff. Is because it was way darker. The, the popular stuff that came later to me, I couldn't. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really mess with. But yeah, that first bony P was dark, dark, dark with sing-songy stuff, which was really good.
5: I remember uh, Tech Nine. It, there was this, this book on rap I was reading, and he—he uh, he was just straight up asked, "What do you got the style that you rap with?" And um, he says, uh, "Don't you know about the Midwest?" Like that's the first thing he opens up with. And uh, he says, "We're just in the middle of nowhere. All these styles are hitting us." <clears throat> Left, right, and center. You're just raised on all these styles. Yeah. And it's not like when these guys were coming up, these women and men were coming up, there wasn't the internet the way it is now. Yeah. So these tapes were flooding from New York. They're flooding in from Los Angeles. They're coming from wherever the South, what was happening yeah. over the, there. And
7: the South had really dark oh, yeah. kind of speed rap horror elements too. So, If you look at 3-6 and stuff like that.
5: So all this stuff was coming in and you just adapt basically right and no one really cares about you because you're from the midwest yeah, for the yeah. most part and you just live in this bubble almost like and then yeah. eventually someone discovered them
7: twista was from chicago Yep. tech from K- kansas city right yep mm-hmm. yeah, so from kansas city yep. yeah you're just out there on your own kind of like being from winnipeg
5: yeah exactly <laughs> that's what that's why that that whole passage stuck out to me was because we live in winnipeg and to to a degree that happened to everybody that lived here um and wrote raps we were influenced by what came before us in terms of the singer songwriters or guess who or whoever else neil young um and the propaganda so on so forth but it's like also the other raps man just we got it from everywhere um
6: i guess that's like when you when you live in a place where you're that place doesn't necessarily have its own style, you look to other places, mm-hmm. right? So you kinda you, you become like a pastiche like what, what you're know- saying. Well and I rap's know- always been postmodern in that it
7: consumes everything that came before it, right? So when you ha- when rap establishes itself it's only natural that you would just keep consuming that and, and turning it into some of your own design anyways. Right? And then other
0: people coming up afterwards are influenced by what you took from that. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. yeah. I always found it fascinating about Winnipeg rap, just coming to meet and Joe and I came up around this, the same time, but Joe's always been more serious um, in in life, period. Um, and but I remember coming from from GTA, from the Toronto area, Mississauga specifically, and realizing that Winnipeg people really don't give a fuck about what's happening outside, like in terms of the. They've realized at that point that they don't give a fuck that anybody else would give a fuck about them, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, um, and I should say that in reverse actually. It's the fact that oh, sorry, I'm taking up time on this. Uh, they realize that other people don't give a fuck about them. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what it is, right? So it's like, okay, well, I'll just create what I want to yeah, create. That's a good thing. It's yeah, like it's it's. Yeah. But other cities you go into and you travel around and it seems like they care about what other people
0: yeah, yeah, are thinking.
6: You worry about impressing
0: yeah. U- or whatever. Yeah,
6: yeah and there's, there's also that like that opportunity in other cities, right? Where it's like, you know, well, maybe if I did it like this, I could be making money like this guy. Yeah. There never was that in Winnipeg, right? Because no one ever fucking made money in
7: it, there, was, there was also, like, a pressure cooker of authenticity in Winnipeg. Like, ah. like it was such a small place that you were forced to be authentic, Mm -hmm. and the people who were out there, kind of reaching for the brass ring or trying trying to get over, right, uh, got usually dismissed pretty quickly. Um, So,
3: so that's how you (laughs) end up in a
7: place where you don't give a shit how what you know Toronto cares about you or not, because if you're getting laughed at by your peers locally, all of a sudden it doesn't matter whether or not you're going to get signed to B Factory or whatever, you know, like um, so. So yeah I think Winnipeg is a self-contained environment to the point where you, you you don't worry about what Toronto or New York or whatever thinks about you anymore
5: in terms of influencing your music um, because there are other groups from Winnipeg that ventured out and tried to get signed to other labels yeah. um, but their styles pretty much stayed the same yeah well uh,
7: you, if're if you if you you maintain authenticity, then you don't sound like mainstream rappers, right. and that's that's it, right? Like It kind of ends there, whereas in Toronto, it was okay to try to sound like you were from New York. Actually, you kind of had to, you know, until yeah. something else took over pop yeah. music-wise, right? Like later on, you had people from Toronto that tried to sound like they were from the south, you know, or tried to sound like they were from the west coast, and, you know, that I mean, We look at that from our perspective and we see it and we just go, nah, right? Whereas people who are steeped in the industry and trying to get over in the industry, you know, look at it in a practical way and and it's more acceptable. I
6: I, I, I read this really interesting uh, interview with Dr. Dre once and he was um, talking about how people who come down on rappers for quote-unquote selling out maybe need to take a step back and realize that for a lot of these people, um, especially in the States, there weren't other opportunities for them, right? It's not like they were going to college and, you know, they were making this rap, this underground backpack rap in their college dorm room, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm going to be a cello and try to get on top 40. It was like a lot of these people were like, that's the only opportunity they ever had. Right, that's the lane so, they saw. Yeah. yeah, so how could you really blame them for that, you know? But, uh, you know, when, when you're from Winnipeg and there's, that lanes closed off to you and then there's really no worry about that yeah, type of thing yeah totally okay so i'm gonna play a song now because uh just because i was kind of up in the air about what song i was gonna play but uh since joe played a uh, micah nine song i think it's kind of uh, relevant if i play a dose one song because dose one is hugely influenced by micah and nine and uh uh both both, both he's, <laughs> Largely influenced by both Micah and 9 and Peace. And it's interesting you, the story you're telling about Micah 9 being a trumpet player because Peace had the same story, right? Peace was like a trumpet player in high school in, in Texas mm. and then moved to LA and people were like, Did I see you rapping at The Good Life? He's like, No, what's The Good Life? And he went to see him like Mike and was like, Micah 9 and him and Micah <laughs> 9 had the same style and they'd never met before. Mm. Interesting. Um, mm. But, anyways, let's. Uh, So I'm going to play this song off uh, the second Themselves record, Uh, it's called Live Trap, and I'm playing it pretty much for the same reason that Joe played the Micah 9 song, it's uh, because if you listen closely it's kind of hard to tell where dose one breathes on this song. themselves as Gel and Dose One and I think they're the two of them are just like perfectly paired together because uh Gels beats and like the way that he does his drum patterns are just like match Dose One's rapping so well. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm glad. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, they have even didn't know how to say it. I don't think
6: it was like Piccadilly Sonic 7. Yeah, exactly. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> well, you're not getting crazy. i just going to have the, hell, <laughs>
8: the moon again. Moon. <laughs> yo, yo, I'm Dick Tracy. Now I'm okay. Face Now I'm Prune Tracy.
6: Now I'm Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, so I'll, I'll, tell, I'll actually say something about about those guys. So yeah, like uh, we, were, we were talking a while the song was playing about how like most people I know don't like those one. They can appreciate it, but they don't like listening to it. Um, which I don't know. For some reason, I'm attracted to music that has like annoys people. I don't know why, but um. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Dos One, uh, he does his like. Apparently, he does his, He never does like even when he's recording. He you know, he doesn't do his raps the same time, the same way, twice. And for a lot of rappers, do that because they suck. But I think he just does it because he's he's exploring. He's exploring, mm. and I think he he doesn't necessarily write his raps like uh, you know he doesn't write sixteen bar verses, right? He just writes. And that's why like a lot of it doesn't rhyme either, which also gets on people's nerves, especially like purist rap fans. And like I'll admit like when when like in the early two thousands when rap was getting kinda really nerdy and really shittily experimental. Indie rap. Indie rap, yeah. There was like a lot of people trying to like try not rhyming and kinda kinda mm. doing this thing and it that never appealed to me, but like Dose One, regardless of what you think of his voice or his rhyme patterns or lack thereof, he's rapping his ass off all the time, right? So it's, you know, I appreciate it for that. And uh, there's a lot of great battles that he's had the, with, like, the Freestyle Fellowship. and all Yeah, that, like, guys.
7: that's what I was going to say. Is the craziest thing about all this is that eventually him and Peace end up battling, which is, you know, like, Peace is from the, the crew we were talking about earlier, Freestyle Style Fellowship, kind of fathered that style um, and is a very, very street dude. Uh, and so uh, a lot of those guys felt like the Anticon crew, which is who Dose was rolling with, uh, were kind of watering shit down and, and, and messing it up. So yeah, so this, this all culminates in peace and Dose and battling. And a Scribble Jam? Yeah, yeah. And that's
5: because it was in Ohio also. Yeah. That's the other thing, and, which is uh, where yeah, all those just, guys, the Anticon guys are mostly from. Yeah. yeah it's, they're, it's a, they're from all over the no, place. No, yeah. But, but I'm saying Ohio, those ones Ohio though, isn't he? No. No, I'm he's not? from the south. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. And like okay. all
6: those guys, none of the guys from Anticon are from the same place. They all, they all, came they, they all did, moved They all got to know each other Francisco. Through,
5: Francisco. through Oh, okay. Thanks, man. But,
7: but yeah, like, Yeah, it's just a, it's a crazy thing for, uh, you know, like, you know, Dose was self-professed as a fan, you know, like he was, it's not like he was fronting on Freestyle Fellowship. Mm. So it was a crazy moment for the two of them to be on stage battling against each other. And it was kind of a tipping point in a certain way where people really started fronting on so-called nerd rap or avant-garde rap, where um, the underground started, tilting more back towards street type stuff, you know? But that was just a, you know, that was just a kind of a reaction, right? It was just like, okay, we, you know, the, the seesaw has tilted all the way over to this side. And and so now it's going to start tilting back this way.
4: This is like when 90, like 2000? You're looking at yeah, early 2000s,
7: 2002, 2003.
4: It's, well,
6: it's interesting too, because Dose One battled Eminem mm-hmm. at Scroll Jam 97. Mm. And uh, it's funny because the stories that I've heard... I don't know if I've ever seen that battle. It's got to be somewhere on the internet. But um, apparently Dos One goes first, does his freestyle rap thing like he does, and then Eminem comes back and raps um, his version of Role Model like off of his first record. Yeah. Mm. Well, I Before think... his
0: record came out. though? Yeah.
6: Yeah, but I think
7: what was going on then was he was already... Like being groomed to be the dude right. and i think at that time he was already hooked up with dre
6: um now and like, i could he, be wrong about this, this is this
5: 97 though
6: because didn't, uh, no, didn't he lose scribble jam oh no he lost he went to the rap olympics in l.a yeah. and lost the rap olympics and that's, that's where, where he dre, met dre yeah and then maybe scribble jam was after that maybe. yeah
7: but i think what i'm saying is that i think he was starting to make connections and it was starting to go down. And I know from my experience, sadly, locally, I mean, this is a completely, this is a huge leap we're making here. But when when you start becoming the guy that's winning all the time and uh, more attention is being paid to you, then it's harder to stake everything against somebody who has nothing to lose yeah. and freestyle yeah. against them. It becomes way easier then to just pull a verse out of your out of your bag and, and yeah. be like, okay, I'm going to save face here, you know? Like, yeah, um, and, and especially, especially if
4: if you're more known and they have dirt, they, they can have dirt on you and have ideas. Ex- and you have exact. no idea who the, yeah, and Eminem probably has no idea, who may, might not have any idea who Dose was, right?
7: But Dose probably knew him Eminem was. Exactly, oh. and so the oh. under, yeah, you know. I think the I, underdog I wields should. a lot more power in that situation. But, in a real freestyle battle, the underdog right. does. Totally because right. if the underdog makes a decent showing, that decent showing can be enough to get him over. Even if the artist who's better known still you know, does great, uh, it's less impactful because yeah, people know right. who they are.
5: You know? that, uh, that battle when I had the radio show, uh, I remember it actually coming out, um, just being available on the internet easily. And that battle, I just looked it up again because I was trying to remember. That was the one where Eminem went up against Dose and also went up against Juice and oh, those were like dang. those are and Juice was probably king of the pile at that yeah, moment as well yeah. like and so he had to go through those guys and there's another big battle in that uh, Scribble Jam also in 97 um, but yeah it's anyways rap yeah. rap and all that like that's why I like talking to Joe um, because of his background in dealing with 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 battle raps and his understanding of the history of, of where rappers come from as well um, and he actually sees it. You almost see it like as athletics to a point. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and so whenever I think of that, when you guys are talking about Dose One and Eminem, and then other names are coming to me yeah.
3: of that era, it's
7: like athletics. But if every fight went to the judges, yeah, it, <sighs> you know, like that's 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 the thing. It's you're always leaving it in someone else's
6: hands. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. think of a yeah. rap battle and like how. You know, it's kind of too bad that it went the way it went. And some people like it how it is now. It's not my cup of tea. But at the same time, it was almost always built to go the way it went. Because you could never prove that your your verse was off the top of your head. You could never prove it's that true. someone was rapping a written verse. You know, it was all well, off. Well, the
7: only way you could is is to rebut what they're doing in theirs. Yeah. right. And that's, that's what I would do to win battles. Yeah. You know, like, even, I mean, I admit this openly, I talk about this all the time now, sorry to cut you off, but um, I I won battles in the first two or four bars of my shit. I could fall off completely after that, but I made absolutely sure that those first few bars were rebutting exactly what they were just doing, because that is what was going to get me over with the crowd, whether it was what they were wearing or something they just said. I would... Fill, I would file away a couple punchlines that I had to drop right off the bat to, to, to make an impact. And, you know, you could completely run out of steam towards the end of the battle. But if you did that at the start, that's how you could win. But you're right, for the most part, you could have tons of filler in there. The crowd is going to react the same regardless, you know? <laughs> and so, I mean, yeah, I, I talk about it all the time. I won a lot of battles I shouldn't have won. But the reason why was because I landed those first couple punches right off the bat and then it was whatever
6: whatever you pulled the ricky
5: henderson
7: yes yeah
6: there's, there's a great video going back to dose one in peace uh you, like you were kind of touching on how like peace is a real street dude he's the type of guy who would like fall asleep on the streets in compton and just like wake up in the field right like, yeah shit
7: got like, rough for him especially towards the end i mean not that he's passed
6: away but yeah so towards that, the end of when they were really hitting. There's this really great video on uh, YouTube that's fairly recent, and it's um, Dose One and Peace sitting at this cafe, because they obviously like had a lot of respect for each other and became friends.
7: Almost always happens when you have yeah. a real passionate battle with yeah. someone.
6: I think that probably happens in to sports, too. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's it's like respect, respect. that person, yeah. Every yeah. respect, yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, so they're sitting at this cafe, probably in San Francisco or something, and... They're just freestyling, right? And they're freestyling back and forth and you could tell Peace is on something. Like he's he keeps like losing focus and like Doswan keeps hitting him in the knee and like like rapping at him. Like, come on, come on, and it's like and then Peace will just like start rapping and do some crazy verse and then they'll just like start staring off, you know, and it's it's a really fucking crazy video. Yeah, well life got
7: rough for Peace man, like he he crashed a vehicle drunk driving with his early head girl ended up passing away he lost his arm in that accident so yeah things uh things got I mean that's that I guess that's the thing uh like that's the difference between you know Freestyle Fellowship and the anticon guys is the Freestyle Fellowship guys the consequences uh later become stuff like going to prison like self-jupiter or or you know what happened to peace whereas um if you're not a street dude, you, other options are available to you afterwards, right? Like, you yeah. can, you can uh, go back to school or da-da-da-da-da. But, uh, you know, street stuff is street stuff, and it kind of stays that way. Yeah.
0: We should uh, get to another song. I'll do my picture. Sure. Okay, what do you got? Uh, well, when you
4: said breathless, the first thing I thought of was uh, a chorus from this little Bibby song yeah, called uh Water. Where he talks about keeping his head above water and not being breathless. So, Lil Bibby's a uh, a young rapper from Chicago, east side of Chicago. He's kind of bubbling right now. Um, he's like 17 or 18, but way more mature than you'd think. So, this is um, water. Good.
3: Uh,
9: I say I gotta keep my head above water I've been going hard, gotta go a little harder I've been thinking smart, gotta think a little smarter All I know is hustle, get that shit regardless I said I gotta keep my head above water Catch me in the kitchen, I be whipping with the water Family over niggas, blood thicker than water All I know is hustle, get that shit regardless Real hustle, I'ma get that shit regardless I will not starve, bitch Work hard, my palms itch I seen some garbage that fucked up my conscience Niggas, they talk shit, but these niggas harmless I'm fresh up that field I swear this shit is real I run up in the bank like bump for the bills Remember as a kid, one shit up in the fridge Rob you for your ends, I don't regret the shit I did Made it out that struggle Blame it on the hustle Bet it out in double Don't fuck with me, then fuck Nigga, I don't trust you, mama, girl, I love you, R.I.P. my soldiers, man, I swear I do this for you, I say I gotta keep my head above water, I've been going hard, gotta go a little harder. I've been thinking smart, gotta think a little smarter All I know is hustle, get that shit regardless I said I gotta keep my head above water Catch me in the kitchen, I be whipping with the water Family over niggas, blood thicker than water All I know is hustle, get that shit regardless In the kitchen, I'm a chemist With the water, I be whipping And these youngins, they be snitching If you start it, I'm going to finish Went hard from the beginning I think that I'm the realest I'm tryna to make a killing These hustlers gotta feel it, hustlers in my blood, money, cars, drugs, poster with my thugs, do this for the love, nickels, dimes, and dubs, to the streets I lost my cubs, feel like I don't give a fuck, sometimes I need a hug, but I'm all alone, baby stay strong, these niggas want me gone, I'm gripping on that chrome, these bitches know I'm on, that's why they hit my phone, and I'm in my zone. Bitch, that's leave me alone. Say I gotta keep my head above water. I've been going hard, gotta go a little harder. I've been thinking smart, gotta think a little smarter. All I know is hustle. Get that shit regardless. I said I gotta keep my head above water. Catch me in the kitchen, I be whipping with the water. Family over niggas, blood thicker than water. All I know is hustle. Get that shit regardless.
4: That was uh, "Water" by by Lil Bibby, off his Free Crack mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh,
1: it's crazy.
6: Yeah, it's crazy. He does not sound. Like like he's thirty-five. Years. No,
4: and he yeah, he looks like a junior high student. He looks mad young and cool he's still voice. a teenager. Good that's voice, yeah. Crazy. What's yeah. He's uh, he kind of rolls with like Chief Keef and Lil Reese and all those dudes, but he's a much better MC than than uh, a lot of these yeah, guys.
7: Yeah. What do they call that Chicago stuff? Drill. drill? Yeah. Yeah. He's not making drill music.
6: What's going on with Chief Keef? I heard he got dropped from his label.
4: Yeah. Got dropped from his label. In and out of jail. I don't know. We do expect.
3: We expect. Yeah.
4: He didn't, yeah, I guess they thought he'd sell more records, but he he didn't sell too many records. I mean,
6: that's, that's that's like, that's like... exactly. (laughs) That's the story of all the young guys now, man. I read this really interesting article about, I mean, take it for what you will, maybe it's reaching a little bit, but it was kind of about how the, um, it was kind of coming at the angle that the reason the label signed Chief Keef in the first place is because it thought it could, uh, um, capitalize off all the violence in Chicago, and then <coughs> when oh, really it didn't work out for them, and just uh, cut uh, them loose. I mean, like, uh, I think record labels are evil, so I wouldn't uh, put it past them. Yeah, they well, I they're trying to do whatever they can because like, yeah.
4: Yeah, I don't see why any of these. When, when like, why bother if you're a young up and coming artist, sure. even yeah. messing with them? For right? sure, if you're bubbling, you're bubbling on online and there's no point in signing to a major I
6: I disagree like I think the whole the whole like uh, I think it's a myth that these record labels aren't making money they're not making money the same way exactly but but if they want to put you out there and make you a household name they can do it they still have the power to do that I
7: I just think like if you if you look at the people who, who kind of have hung around and been able to keep touring and doing stuff right like like let's say like a guy like Action Bronson, or like the Odd Future guys and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's like they're uh, they're signing with kind of sub labels that are affiliated
8: with majors
7: instead of going for the brass ring of You're, getting signed oh, by yeah. Interscope or whatever. Sure, for sure, right? Uh, like if you look at a guy like Mr. Motherfucking Esquire, exactly what I to say, yeah. yeah, is he went for the brass ring, and he delivered. I think he. I did know he, he, also, he gave them a full album and they said, we're just, we're not, can't put this up. But that's yeah. because it. he changed his whole style.
6: Didn't he go, No, no. Did, didn't he go like, I want to start putting a positive rap? And that's what... Not at all.
7: Not, not all. not at all. No. It's, he just didn't provide them with a pop hit and that's the way it's been going. Like, if you, like, like 50 Cent had records held back, albums held back for months and months and months because they were waiting for one pop single to pop off. And yeah. if you if you can't line up the pop single with the actual album release, they're not they just won't put it out anymore. That's just how it works. And I'm pretty sure he's left his situation. Like he's, well, he's yeah, practically he, in in a yeah, why why bother? So, yeah. Right? But if a guy like 50 can get held back, then yeah, what he, chance does does someone actually concentrating like Esquire isn't about singles. He's about projects. He makes really good front-to-back projects. But he's it's, made a few already.
1: It's
6: one thing, though, if you're someone like, you know, Tyler, the creator, who's surrounded by you know, obviously he's surrounded by business-minded people whether it's, I don't know who these people are, whether they're from the skate culture or whatever it is, you know, it's like well, why, when we have our own thing and why go to a major label? But if you're an independent artist who's Still struggling, and someone's like, well, here you know they give you some bread or whatever you're
1: gonna take it right mm-hmm. right but
7: but I think there's a better formula that exists now that is touring and merch heavy as opposed to big push for an album heavy and, and it's selling and it, a million companies. yeah, and it doesn't it just you need someone with
6: the vision to take you to that like an artist like, like you know like someone in Chicago isn't gonna just be like, oh and then go tour america now and, and and print up a bunch of t-shirts right, that's
7: not what I'm saying but I'm saying there's a difference between uh, signing to a kind of a boutique label that will that will make your shit work, like Fool's Gold and Danny Brown, for instance. Uh, then going big, going to I don't know if Dre has Aftermath anymore, or, but you know, like yeah. an Interscope and signing away all your publishing. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. exactly. And 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 yeah, there's there's kind of a precedent set for um, this kind of. More modest way of making records and touring and stuff like that that exists, and you know, there's all sorts of weird examples of of, of people kind of doing it on that level. Mm. Um, you that, know, people that, with millions and millions of views that old guys like us don't even really know about, but yeah. they can go around and you know, like a Machine Gun Kelly, for instance. You know, like can you know you can squeeze a few good years out of that, or, or even Tech as, Nine, yeah, the or Tech Nine's way. That's a lot different because Tech Nine's has a really loyal fan base, right? That he's, that he's built up independently. But if you look at it compared to someone like Yellow Wolf, who went to Eminem's label, and it's just never really happened for him. And if anybody thought it was going to happen for anybody, it was that guy. White boy, wonder, speed rapper, skater, that's usually happened, a recipe for I what's getting over here. Like I know.
6: wonder if he's not making money other ways, though. You know, like, when, when you get someone like that, I wonder if he's not writing songs for other people. No, which isn't the same as being the huge star that I, I thought Yellow Wolf was going to be. Mm-hmm. But at least if you go to a, through a label, there are other ways of making money than just, um, you know, than just sure. shooting, pushing sure. your own product. But yeah. if we're looking
7: at, like, longevity and, and being in a good position, I would argue that Ritz is in a better place than Yellow Wolf is now. And Ritz was... Yeah, you might be right. And Ritz was the underling uh, to Yellow, you know, like Yellow kind of kicked the door in. Uh, And Ritz came in with him, but Ritz went to Strange Music with Tech Nine. And he can tour with Tech Nine for years and years and years to come, and people will loyally go see him. If Yellow Wolf were to come back to Winnipeg, I don't know if he would sell the Garrick out again like he did last time. You know, like, Mm. I. That ship, I think, has kind of sailed. Not, yeah. You know, and it,
0: is, is this like the, the thing with the boutique labels and all that, small? You know, being able to, is that new for rap? Because it's—I mean, you know, punk and metal and stuff—that's been the thing always. I, I mean, think. Like, there's, there's been bands who have been on like kind of medium labels that aren't really major, but they still sell. I mean, in more heavier types of music, like it's the, not new though, because that's where how rap started. I guess, yeah, but I mean, it, I don't know. It just seems like you guys are talking about it as this, yeah, sort of I as Yeah, that ship really. Like,
7: I think there's like, you know, like anything, there's an ebb and flow to it where it was like. For a while, it was, you know, like like someone like Ruthless or Profile yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or even Dep Jam when they started, right? You could get in prior yeah, right. and then parlay it, yeah, and, and, and turn it into something else, um, and then it became super labels, you know, yeah. being really big at the, at in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, and then it's kind of fallen by the
5: wayside again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: Well, it's... And it, Sorry, man. No, go ahead, go ahead. It all came in conjunction with rap also becoming the biggest pop right, music yeah, in the world at that time. So the whole collapse of the record industry with music being easily accessible also came in conjunction with this music that was seen as rebel music
1: yeah, that wasn't
5: able to move on the independent um, circuit as big as everyone else because it was seen as the outsider. Yeah. Yeah. Then it was accepted, pushed. Push and then this collapse happens. Yeah. So, this is all new to rap yeah, now. So, yeah. they had the, yeah. Because now there's an actual audience that wants to hear these voices right. and this music, and it's not seen as oh, that's it's only gonna reach or be a, a, appealing to at the most 200,000 people. For sure, yeah. Something like Death I mean? never like, made it to that level of yeah, yeah. So yeah, they can
0: continue yeah. doing them. Yeah, yeah.
4: Just to add to what Joe was saying. It's just this week, Lil Wayne called out. Birdman and Cash Money yeah. because they're refusing to put out his record. Like, what? They, they put out Feeler Records, nothing's catching on, and now you, you never, I never would have thought it would happen, but Birdman, or sorry, Lil Wayne's calling on Birdman. Yeah. Same with ASAP Rocky, who was huge on the internet and had a, a really good first release. They, his album keep, continues to get pushed back, and the label won't put him out or support
5: him yeah, now, really? and now
7: he's just floating. Yeah. If yeah, it, it just, doesn't come with a, with a pop single,
5: then they will download you back. I'll tell you, back, I'll so. tell you what we all know not everybody's Taylor Swift <laughs> no it's the truth yeah, it's mean, the truth it and, and this year proved it again like she's the only one that sold over a million copies yeah. like and that's that tells you what the state of everything is and Aesop Rocky I'm not the biggest fan but that was a solid release he put out you know mm-hmm. and people like it so why are you going to deny the people of a next record He's one of the biggest it? names in rap yeah he is, like, it just, it's ridiculous well,
6: maybe, like, you know I'm skeptical when like, you kept talking about the, the record label collapse because I mean the record labels still control so much oh no no, but I'm saying but, in but terms of I the wonder, expectations
5: that they have but I
6: wonder if the, the difference, the big difference is image is those, those like midway artists right, it's mm. like you, you still have the Taylor Swift's you still have the, wherever the fuck you know, Andreana Grande, is that yeah, Andrea Grande yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andriana, yeah. yeah. But yeah, like made, now the labels, I guess, don't have time or money for. The seven know. other ones that are similar. But yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. Um, Lonnie put me on to this one Epstein uh, podcast, which I recommend it's everybody a good to yeah, to. yeah, that, that likes hip hop should listen to. Um, but there was that No ID one that you put me on to. Mm-hmm. And No ID is speaking of how Chicago and, and the Midwest and all this ties in. Uh, no ID was one of the original producers on, on uh, Common. Common Sense's uh, projects uh, way back when. He was also seen as the mentor or big brother of Kanye West. He is now one of the main um, I guess admin or, or minds in Def Jam. And in that podcast he basically explains how Def Jam has to approach things now in terms of that 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 happy medium of viewing it as are an independent approaching records that way. That they're still smaller, yeah. but also bigger. Um, and he went down the roster of who they had, and it's like it makes sense. You still you still have your Iggy Azalea on there, which is selling a lot yeah, of records. Yeah. But then you got the Roots on there. You got uh, I can't even remember all the artists he was listing. It was already said I forgot her even on Def Jam. But yeah, they're they're chugging away. So you're able to have the people that are still selling not a million copies or not 500,000 copies but still happy putting money in so on and so yeah. forth and able to tour uh, all that wonderful things. Um,
6: are you done? What's the deal Def Jam though? Is Def Jam still independent? Or is it owned by a bigger
5: company? I believe it's owned by a bigger company. It's not yeah. it all by itself. I thought it was Def, Universal? Def Jam
4: Universal. Universal. Yeah, it's yeah. Def Jam yeah. Universal.
5: Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're getting results. That's the thing. Um, yeah man Do
0: you have a song
5: yeah sure <laughs> uh, okay so Midwest Chicago all this stuff I'm tying in like loosely as now as these things are coming up Commons up for um, a Grammy and we talked about chief Keith and we're uh, about how the the Want to say conspiracy, but it's out there in terms of who was signed to labels to capitalize off of basically black people killing each other, or off of guns and violence that was happening in Chicago. Uh, The Common record, when I listened to it, and and No Idea has a big part of that record as well. The new one. Uh, The new one, yeah, yeah. It's it's Common does some. Oh yeah, it's good. It's a good record. I like it only because (laughs) I like it only because Common knows he's an actor. And it goes back to this whole thing of, of Winnipeg knowing that it's Winnipeg yeah, and, yeah. and knowing that other people don't give a fuck. So Common knows he's an actor. He's, he's, he's not seen as gritty anymore. That's just not him. So on this record, he has his guest vocalist actually telling the story of Chicago. And that's what I really liked about it. It's, it, it gets down and dirty into different perspectives of what is actually going on. Um, so it's... Anyways... Um, but going into this breathless thing, when when crooks came to to us and told us that it was breathless, and it happened to be so in line with this uh, Eric Garner and the Mike Brown and yeah. and um, uh, the kid in Chicago and uh, uh, Cleveland there, Tamir um, Rice, Tamir oh, Rice, yeah, thank you, Tamir Rice. It, it I didn't want to even do the show because I knew that it was breathless and and. The I can't breathe, yeah. just it it it, it 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 reverberates inside of my soul, kind of thing. It's um, a complete coincidence. It, it is a complete coincidence. And that's what I, I had to ask Rob, because yeah. I felt kind of strange that we're doing a show and, and this has come up as, as a topic. Uh, and also picking out the song. Like, do I pick out Friendly Game of Baseball or do I pick out one of my favorite, most ridiculous moments in rap uh, with breath control and a DJ catching it and then going back and forth yeah, on
3: that's it? Very well.
5: Uh, which one? The uh, breath
9: control.
5: Okay. But I'll talk about drop it heavy. Oh, drop it okay. heavy is like one of my favorite moments of a DJ catching someone trying to steal a breath. And it's so sloppy, but then they mix it in and create a percussion with it, which is which is which is amazing. Um,
6: we should we should say that uh Friendly Game of Baseball is also a song about police brutality.
5: Yes, exactly. oh sorry. That and you just said it. Um so how do you, how do you, how do you deal with this in, in terms of? Um, uh, I just, I've, I thought I had so much to say at this moment. I don't. I'm just, I'm just dumb. I'm, I'm dumbfounded and, 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 and just utterly pissed off. <laughs> then you should
7: pick a song and we should talk about it more when we come back. Let's, let's, just, let's just
5: go, uh, I don't want to play friendly game of baseball, but we'll play
2: friendly it's game of baseball. It.
5: Yeah, and then I get to tie in with the Toronto and all that. Don't worry.
2: Yeah. Oh shit, another young brother hit. I better go over my mans crib and get the pump. Cause to the cops shooting brothers, is like playing baseball. And they're never in a slump. I guess when they shoot up a crew, it's a grand slam. And when it's one, it's a home run. But I'ma be ready with a wild pitch My finger got a bad twitch Plus I wanna switch sides And step up to the baddest box Fuck red and white I got on black socks But let him shoot a person from the white socks What's the call? Foul ball Babe Ruth woulda made a good cop but he didn't Instead he was a bigot Dig it My life is valuable and I protect it like a gem Instead of cops shooting me I'm going out shooting them And let him cough up blood like phlegm It's grim but that is my antonym And legally they can't take a fall Yo check it out, it's just a friendly game of baseball oh, oh, RBI Real bad injury, but don't get happy You're in jail for a century Just as bad as being shot in the groin To see who'll shoot ya, they'll flip a coin And watch it run for the stretch but you don't know the man is at home waiting to make the catch So the outfield, your guns, you're down You're out, off to the dugout, underground I know a cop that's savage His pockets stay green like cabbage Cause he has a good batting average No questions, just pulls out the flamer And his excuses get lamer Once a brother tried to take a lead But they shot him in his face saying he was trying to steal a base and people watch the news for coverage on the game <laughs> and got the nerve to complain they need to get themselves a front row seat or save the baseline for a B. cause television just ain't designed for precision y'all it's just a friendly game of baseball oh, shoot Okay, hold on, but I don't know where the brother went The umpires or the government I guess they kicked him out the game and replaced him with a pinch hitter And the scammy was a quitter So the cops usually torment, I mean tournament When him, I was saying You can't let the umpires hear you speaking battle like the other kid you won't be playing Cause they'll beat you till your ass drop A walking gun with a shell in his hand is their mascot When you run around, let it be noticed, step lightly The bases are loaded, my man got out from three strikes In the skull but the knife he was carrying was dull Instead of innings, we have endings What a fine way to win things And hot dog vendors have fun Selling you the cat, rat and dog on a bun And when you ask what is all of this called It's just a friendly game of baseball You low wives, you take that, and that, and that I'm here to protect and serve, and that's exactly what
5: I'm gonna do. Main source, I'm just looking up the members because I always forget their names. K Cut, Sir Scratch, and uh, Large Professor. The two DJs, being K Cut and Sir Scratch, were from Toronto, Ontario. Um, so there's some Canadian content for you. That album, I believe, was 91. See or that might have been before. Oh, look it out! Breaking Adams. Breaking Adams is ninety-one. Yeah, my memory didn't fail me. Um, so that's ninety-one. So you got this. These situations now with 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 Garner and 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 police brutality. That episodes keep on coming up over and over again. And that album's from ninety-one. And we're talking about police brutality against uh, black people against colored people. Um and, and we're still in the year now two thousand and fourteen and we're still talking about these yeah. things. Uh and I, I find it objectionable and and disgusting. Um I spent the last uh, got kids, so I spent the last bit talking about Gameshi, talking yeah. about Mike Brown, talking about um about uh Garner and about um Mr. Rice there, the the twelve year old boy. And when it comes to speaking about these these issues of race relations, because it it, it hits so close to home, uh, being stopped by police on several occasions, being stopped outside of my own house, and asked what am I doing there, um, just it, it's it, it's baffling, and and also uh, when I was growing up dealing with my stepfather driving home being followed by the police for for hours unknown. Um, well for 45 minutes unknown and then they show up at our door asking if, they, if he robbed a place um, and, and just because he was a, a black guy in this neighborhood basically and we know that was for a fact um, greater society seems to have moved on but this relation of police to uh, two people, two minorities visible minorities, the, the mentality almost hasn't changed and Obama makes these speeches lately and he's in a weird predicament himself yeah. and proves like he's just I, I don't want to say a puppet but to that point can't um, we, can't he predict. can't do anything because of the core of law the way that it stands so on and so forth um, but when he talks about things that are, are, are based upon feelings of maybe that the, the, the black media has feelings that they're being treated unjust and he can't say that it's a fact yeah. uh, and he's speaking up about it several times now, it, it, it means that something needs to definitely be changed. And uh, whatever it may be, programs that come in and... and, and it's
6: not maybe programs, but the first thing that needs to happen before anything else is one of these fucking cops needs to go to jail. Well, yeah. They, That's they for to, sure. Their message needs to go that this is not... There needs
5: to be okay. some kind of accountability. Yeah. yeah. And, and why I'm saying, programs in terms of, if you're in the workplace... If you work inside of corporate Canada or whatever it may be, or or um, working in the government, you know what they do? They do training of yeah. dealing with different races and different ethnic groups, and you understanding that you need to try and and look outside of yourself and and appreciate somebody for who they actually are. Yeah. And and, and it seems like do police go through that training? I think they do, and I think.
6: I, honestly, but I think the, the problem hard to might not be Is That's different. what I'm saying. But the thing is, we're all, there's always going to be differences between, well, of course there between are. people, and people are always going to pick up on those differences and hate on each other yeah. for those differences. Like if it's if, if one day we all become the same color because of mixing races, blah, 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 you know, the people who live in the valley are going to hate the people who live in the hills. What needs to happen is from the top down people need to go to jail for yeah. this
7: shit. Mm. And that's the sure. only thing that's going to change it. Well, thing. and there's something else that, that we haven't touched on and that is is that um, the police in the U.S. especially have become militarized. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's... that's sure. and, yes. And, and this is a real thing uh, and this, you know, like, uh, I talk about this all the time. Um, I believe it was Eisenhower on his way out of office. We're talking you know, fifty, sixty yeah. years ago, um, you know, he put out a speech where he said, Listen, uh, there exists a system in which uh and it's the military industrial complex and it's it's there's there's a group of people making a ton of money from uh militarization. Uh and that shit uh you know, it just rolls on and on. If you look at, uh, you know, Rumsfeld's a great example of it and, and who's the other shithead? Cheney. Um, <laughs> but what's happened is 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 a bunch of surplus war materials. Yeah. I'm talking guns. I'm talking about tanks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about <laughs> tanks. Uh, yes. th- 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 they've already been paid for. Um, and when... When they're not being sent to war, and they're just sitting around in surplus, what happens is is they're given to local police outfits. Um, you can, there's there's tons of stories about small places, you know, places in rural South Dakota, you know, uh, places in the rural Midwest.
0: You think to body armor
7: and stuff, right? Like not, you know, I'm not, I'm, ta- I'm not, I'm not, ta- just talking about body armor. Yeah. I'm talking about fucking tanks yeah. Yeah. being sent to people's houses, one person's house. For uh, small things like uh, taking someone in on a warrant and stuff like that, um, and that's created an air of us versus them, yep. the police versus the community. Sure, yeah. uh, everybody with half a fucking brain knows that uh, one of the keys to successful policing is for those police to be seen as members of that community. Um, the cop walking the beat, you know what I mean? Yeah, like cops it, it's, you on the yeah it's a, it's yeah. a. It's a you know, it's a trope, but it's a real thing. Um, and when you don't have those interactions happening, and when you have, um, when you present people with a with a front of, you know, us versus them, yeah. then people are naturally going to react, you know, the way they should, which is fear and distrust. Yes. Uh, and then the the cops pick up on that and they react the same way, and that's how you end up with with. You know what's happening right now and um it's yeah it's it's just it's small things it's it's uh you know everybody that polices this community doesn't live in this community yeah, yeah for sure you know yeah. like people point at that and they say <laughs> people point at that and they say oh but the cops wouldn't be safe living under no but then they would be more accountable it, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fuck you that's total bullshit uh, if the cop lived in that neighborhood he would know more about how it works. Yep. He would know who does what. Yeah. He would yep. be able to reconcile differences between uh, not just police and citizens more easily, citizens but citizens, and citizens, citizens. And citizens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And yeah, and it's just well, so it's, it's a, what, it's what a, it's a money saying, thing, you know. We we're
6: saying about the militarization of it too, because it. It, the, the police just become like a state implement instead of like members like of the community exactly yeah. exactly and when they start and so you're at war at home yeah so you there's no, yeah. no enemy you're no yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
7: And, and you know whereas it used to be they're in kind of the same vehicles that normal people drive on the street and are almost yeah. in street clothes but you know with theaters? with like a, an right. epaulette and, and a badge corollas. as opposed to body armor yeah, and cargo sure. pants yeah. and they look like Judge Dredd you know like it's yeah. It's hard to instill trust in the community when that's what you present and to all them. that
0: stuff, like, the judge read, like, 50 years ago, that was, like, the dystopian future is over Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. No. that was that's a really that right was thing that was looked this upon
7: as completely no, negative. Yeah. Uh, and now it's a, it's a reality. So, yeah, I mean, there's tons, of, there's tons of shit going down right now. The people's reactions are crazy because, you know, uh, the U.S. is more polarized now, polarized now politically than they've been since... I'm I'm being real here, since the fucking Civil War, never have two sides been more polarized. This is a real study that's out there, um, which means the chasm between the left and the right, the chasm between the rich and the poor, yeah. uh, uh, has never, ever been wider. And, um, yeah, it's, it's sad that it's come to this, but it's not surprising. And this is one of those things where you kind of throw your hands up and go, I, I have no fucking clue what can be done here. Genuinely, like, yeah. real sweeping reform has to happen. It's not going to happen with uh, kind of the Republicans being forced into a place where they have to support the really, really right-wing loonies in their ranks. Mm. Um,
1: maybe the greatest thing that
6: Obama has done that hasn't even played out yet is this whole immigration thing. It's like maybe... You know, in 50 years, 100 years from now, America won't be so white anymore. Well, well I that's, remember... That's inevitable, man. Yeah, well, it, yeah it, guess, it's guess, coming. But, it's, it's, but I mean, the whole yeah. speeds that up. Right? So I remember
7: uh, Ice-T on Arsenio in the early 90s saying, listen, you know, in, in 30, 40 years, yeah. the numbers are going to start to even out a little bit more. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not going to get really ugly first, you know, and it is yeah. fucking ugly right now. There's, There's always
5: this, this story that, that I like to tell, um, and and it was going into, well, I was in high school, and I come from an area that is, right at this moment, 50% of the people are not even born in Canada.
3: Yeah.
5: Around 70% of those people in those cities that I am from they're either new Canadians or the first generation yeah. born here. So it's everyone's from somewhere else, basically. That's what I grew up in. We went and took a trip to Buffalo, New York. And there's problems in Toronto. There is there's, there's problems in Canada that, when, it, when it comes to people looking like me. Yeah. Um, but that was more of an eye-opener, that trip, than anything else. We went to see Love Canal, which has... Toxic waste fumes spewing from it. You gotta go look up Love Canal. To it's called Love that. Canal. It's called Love Canal, and it's the it's the most ironic thing because there's no love there, man. I it's, avoid a Love
7: Canal that has toxic. It, it's, fumes oh <laughs> god, god, that's okay. So I gotta
5: go into Love Canal, New York, is one of those places where the government of the U.S. threw a bunch of toxic waste uh, in bins underneath a whole town. Yeah. Okay. People started being born with being deformed, so on and so forth. When we got there, people were actually moving back into it. I can't even remember when Love Canal was the major accident that it was. No less than 20 years, I'd say, that they were moving people back in. There's pipes coming out of the ground yeah. with fumes coming out of it because they have to get it out. All right, getting into Buffalo. So we're all standing around. We're looking around. Buffalo's like or Winnipeg, if anybody needs to know. So I was—I felt like I was looking at Winnipeg again. I really wanted no part of it. Watch, um,
3: watch Buffalo
6: 66. It's an awesome movie, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No, never seen it. Okay, all
5: right. So we're there. There's a bunch of Jamaican kids, Trinidadian kids, Guyanese kids mix up with... The, the kids from Hong Kong mix up with the Filipino kids mix up with uh, some First Nation kids mix up with the white kids mix up, you know, like uh, some kids from El Salvador blah, blah, blah some kids from India um, so this, people are driving by looking all weird at us, man looking all weird so one lady decides she drives by and she then stops she drives back and she she pulls down our window she looks and she just says what are you guys doing like we're 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 visiting Buffalo New York and so she says okay so uh, where are you from cause all you are together so we say oh we're from a school uh, in in Canada in Toronto in, in Mississauga and she goes oh I was wondering why all you people were all together. And so <laughs> we were like, I got this friend and she was really smart. She's now uh, an academic exploring the diaspora of Jamaicans all over the world. And she asked one question to this lady and she says, can you be more clear about what you mean all of us together? Like as in a group just walking around? Or, and she goes, no, just like, it's it's kind of interesting to see everybody of different colors just yeah. hanging out. But you're kind of forced to right, and so we're like, yeah, but we're we're all so it this this discourse this this conversation develops, and she just asks like do you get along uh, and we're like, yeah yeah we do we do we do um and that just killed me and she, she before she left she says, well, that's really beautiful yes. and she just drove off and just let it be, but it tells you of the the different temperature that exists no more than just across the border yeah, between yeah, yeah. St. Catharines, Niagara Falls, Hamilton, Ontario, which is 45 minutes away from Buffalo. Once you cross that border, the rules are completely different. Yeah. And,
6: She's probably telling the same
5: story on a podcast. Oh, well. That's what I'm saying. No, no, but it's for her to take that time. And we were being stared at. It was so it – was, it was creepy. And it was a different feeling than – If I'm walking in a mall in America or walking on the street and so on and so forth, and and I feel like I'm not in a place I need to be at or should be at. Um, But it was genuine. Ah, what's happening? That's crazy. But yeah. Well,
0: that seems crazy to us. I mean, I'm glad it seems crazy to
5: us. It it does. And I mean, this country has its own problems, again, with police and dealing with unarmed people that don't look like you. However, the the, the the temperature in the United States is so that that military complex you talked about as well, like I I it it, it seems like such a festering thing of I don't even know what to say well, at this moment. It's like it, a
6: military prison complex. It does yeah, but so like people were, make money out of prisons to
5: yeah, live Oh the amount of people that are imprisoned in the United States compared to the rest yeah, of the world crazy, it just is,
7: You know what I just read? More people per capita are imprisoned in the U.S. than in China. Yes, in China, China, has China is, two the, billion people. is the country yeah. that yeah. everybody yeah. points to and says this is the worst. Yeah. Abuse yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. say this is the worst. It's not like that. No, and we like to pat ourselves on the backs in Canada yeah. for our tolerance, and that's you know that's not completely. It's not true. completely there true. Are, exactly, there are major, exactly. Major problems, yeah. especially I mean, with the, the First Nations community. community, and that's so, what I'm talking yeah. about in terms of the but but. It is just so much more extreme in the U.S., and you can, and it's, it, you can, you can point at it on a, uh, so many different levels. You can, you can point at it in religion, race, yeah, yeah. Um, gun culture, uh, gun culture economic disparity. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is just it's, for it's, whatever reason they go balls to the wall with. Their prejudices—they really do.
6: It's such a dangerous thing. Though. And that's like one thing I've noticed with like everything that's going on the stage right now. Like everyone on Facebook is all like, "Oh, you know, like look, look at the states. How fucked up the states is. Canada is so, it's so cool. yeah. fucked yeah. up. Exactly. And, I, like, the, and even our government's relationship to the First Nations yeah, yeah. People is horrible. Yeah, yeah. Well,
5: I'm, absolutely. That's why I was I was talking about the Toronto my experience there is that the prisons, the jail cells were filled with people that look like me. Yeah. And deportation always was on the table. Also, it's fine anyway, man, at a certain point. If you you came across here when you were two years old, you were ready to go. If you become a, a problem in Canada, yeah. as opposed to you don't know anything about where where your birth you certificate there, was from. Yeah. You've never been there. Yeah. Or you've been there maybe two or three times, but the rest of your family lives here. You're going to yeah. go and live with a, a distant uncle. Yeah. It's like, for real?
3: Yeah.
5: And and that, that really brought to me... Brought forth to me, how 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 are you supposed to be dealing with the police and authority figures if they always see you as an outsider? For sure, yeah. And um, I remember is when a guest? is your guest? Yes, yeah, yes, they, yes. They're, they're and, that, know, and that that, I, and
6: you're, and you're, that, you're that idea time, yeah, that yeah. idea
5: seeps into you. Yeah. And and I don't want to speak for all West Indian and African or, or black people, because um, because times have changed slowly. Yeah, but. When you hear Ben Johnson when he wins that race and all of a sudden he's called a Jamaican instead of a Canadian runner because he was runner, the drugs, yeah, he's yeah. on the drugs, you realize again that you, yeah. you really don't belong to this and you are seen as an outsider. Now, switching up, when I moved over into Winnipeg and in 98 or 97, and then I'm hearing the same thing said about the First Nations people, but the difference is... They live here the whole time. Yeah, I mean, everyone else is they there. live here the whole time. So what's the justification? So us as the outsiders, the new people, yeah. are seen as not belonging. Yeah. But yet the people that have been here before you got here, yeah. they're still also seen as outsiders. I found that so ridiculous. Well,
0: the thing and,
5: that, and, and yeah, it's – I just oh, – utterly – That's that's – Sorry, man. No, it's not. That's another reason why all these cases in the states they, they resonate with me. It's not just me as a black person. Like I look at myself in the mirror and I see, I see Garner. I see, I, I, like I see Mike Brown. That could be yeah. one of my cousins that lived in the states. That could have like this is, this is ridiculous. But what resonates with me also is that we have these issues up here. Just the people look slightly different. Look different so we can't just I
6: think the problem up here too is a lot of times especially when it comes to First Nations people it's more like uh it's more hidden it's more under the surface because Canadians like we like to think of ourselves as so enlightened we're so much better than Americans we're so much less racist
3: but
5: racism is
1: so fucking
5: insane you know for a fact that once people believe that there isn't an aboriginal person in the room or if yeah, theres they isn't, they'll sure. say some bullshit. You
0: know, I, I was going to say, so, this is what I was going to say. Or they
5: think that there's not somebody that looks slightly different than them around. They'll say whatever.
0: They'll yeah. say whatever. I find that in Canada, people often use the term immigrants to mean immigrants of color. Because I've heard that a lot. I mean, my dad's an immigrant, but yeah. I'm white. He's English, right?
6: I mean, he, he speaks, he, there's no, re- they don't have a problem with him. They don't yeah. go, your, your dad isn't cut, Someone off in traffic and they don't go and fucking, like, fucking immigrants,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they'll say it, and I've had people have these conversations so just ranting about immigrants, and then it's like, you know, like, you know, I'm a first generation, right? Like, they're not talking about me, they don't care. They're like, well, not you. <laughs> it's like, well. Yeah, yeah. they I give
7: say, you the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's you like. Okay, it's, yeah,
0: it? no, you're cool, yeah. You yeah you're, you're Christian, right? Yeah. <laughs> nope. You're
3: Christian, right?
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like That's yeah. yeah. awesome. yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the
0: the most horrifying and fascinating thing about all the things happening in the states right now, though, to me is I mean it's obviously horrifying, but the response people have on the internet when I when because to me any one of this those situations like you know an armed person getting killed by cops is, is just it's fucked up and horrifying and like automatically my sympathy goes towards the per- the victim, mm. but the fact that there's people who are like really aggressively defending the cops like it, that's not uh. the default mindset like to you know. I don't. I don't, even, I don't understand how that can't be as someone who should be in the same group
6: as a citizen, and not part of the police.
0: Yeah, it's actually like you
5: should be worried yeah. that this is happening. There's yeah. actually that. someone.
6: There's someone I, I work with. He's part of the music community. here. and he's like uh, a couple of you guys probably know him. And he's uh, I used to work with him, and I, so I, I started following him on Twitter and. After this whole Mike Brown shit, he actually started going off on Twitter about how Mike Brown, Mike Brown was a shitty criminal and he deserved to die, and that cop was me doing his job. And I was fucking blown away. Yeah. By someone like that close to me, in the in the music scene that's you know that close to all of us, has that mentality. You know, like yeah, like you in don't s- even know what to think. Like, yeah. How, how do you, you even get talk to talk yeah. to someone? Yeah. At the same time, you can't block those people out because you need to engage them because that needs to be part of the conversation. But fuck, that's crazy. There there
5: has to be some form of of empathy also that I think some people lack in terms of, do you really feel that someone should be shot and killed over an alleged Lucy? Well, no, no, no.
7: All of of that comes down to this. Uh, it It comes down to whether or not you believe it's appropriate for uh people to be summarily executed in the streets by the uh-huh. police. Yeah, for sure. Okay? All, yeah. The police are not there to mete out justice. They are there to protect. Meaning yeah, the court, Meaning, yeah, the, the mm-hmm. court the, and you know, I don't I don't trust the courts either. No, but that's but that, that, their rules felt yeah, out if, for if them we're what they're doing. At this the way it's yeah. supposed yeah. to be looked at is that is never their job. Unless there is imminent danger of people losing their lives, comes out and the judge
5: dread business. Yeah, yeah we've yeah,
7: arrived sure. at a point where people are like, um, you know, it and and you can compare this even to uh, to like victims of sexual assault and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is is people look at the character of the person or this, you know, the so-called character of the person prior to the offense, and you know what is supposed to be them being taken into custody and judge people on that, and that is not the way it works. It doesn't matter if Michael Brown stole those cigarillos. which mm-hmm. by the way, he did not Yeah, exactly. Like this is a this is <laughs> yeah, yeah, a point yeah, yeah. that they such love such throwing a- around yeah. right now, which yeah. has totally been disproven. <clears throat> he paid for the cigarillos. There was he yeah. was gonna purchase more, time, he only had X minute, amount. He, he grabbed them old, and he's bounced. Like, yeah, like, and even I then did, it wouldn't matter. But them. that's what went down. Uh, and you have so many people rushing to that cops defense on the level of he stole something and that's,
5: and why that's outrageous and that's why i say alleged because if it's not it's not even proven what you're talking yeah. about yes. it's I not can, even proven uh, because he didn't get to go
8: to uh, court he didn't get to do anything dead. the same yeah. thing He's dead.
7: the same thing with the dude with the bb gun in the walmart yeah, 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 yeah. the same thing with the with the 12 year old in the park yeah. yeah, you know what i mean and what we're talking about here is, um, is a group of people that are constantly being defended as brave, right? Yeah. People are always talking about, well, they're out there putting their lives on the line yeah. every day for us, right? And it's, it's like, I don't see your actions as brave. Yeah. I, I think you have an irrational fear of, of men of color. Yes. And, <laughs> and you're yeah. fucking, you're supposed to be brave, but you're not acting brave. No, you are yeah. walking into a situation uh, and you're so scared. That shoot first is the fucking you know, thing on this your magic. mind. Yeah, yeah. That is outrageous. It makes no sense. For people to defend that, you know that it has everything to do with them um, feeling a kinship with the officer For sure. because yeah. of race, and then they feel personally attacked when people are saying, yo, this isn't right. They can't separate themselves from the officer because they can't separate themselves, you know from from race and yet they demand of people that oh i don't see color this isn't a race issue you know like it's it's the most fucking insane i was was about to say you you want
0: to know when someone's about to say something racist
7: is when they say i "I love all people black white and green Yeah. yeah As soon as you say fucking green. say green, yeah, yeah. I know you're a yeah. fucking <laughs> racist. Straight up. It's uh green.
6: Fuck that. Yeah, I was,
5: of yeah exactly. I always contend. Anybody that says to me, I don't see color, I really don't wanna fuck with them. Yeah. Oh god. Because if they followed up with well, I see your culture or whatever yeah. it is. I'll put that in perspective, so whatever. But no, it's always, I don't see color. Okay, you're going to tell me some bullshit. Yeah. You're going to tell me some bullshit yeah. right now. And I know that your views are fucked up. Because, guess what? I look different from you.
3: Yeah,
5: I come from someplace different than you. I live here. Yeah. I'm bringing things to this country. People also look different than me. They're bringing things to this country. Yeah. We're all bringing something to this country. Don't discount that there's stuff that is different about us. Yeah, do not do that. Don't put us with a blank slate. But what I want you to do is to view me on equal terms with you. In terms of getting the same access to opportunity. Um, and, and, and to being able to live as good a life as I possibly can. Don't
0: worry, we'll get shoved in.
5: Don't, exactly. Again. Exactly. Or some kind of bullshit going on in the courts. But anyways, it's... Yeah, man, That's a... Uh,
6: fuck's sakes, man. Should we uh, wrap this up, maybe? Yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to go run down the? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Noise? Well,
0: what's the maybe remind people about the show happening because this is becoming a few days. Before okay. This. So,
6: uh, on December. Uh, <laughs> if anyone's got this part. <laughs> December, December eighteenth. Um, Poster right gonna, there. Yeah, we're playing a show at uh, the Goodwill on Porridge Avenue in Winnipeg. It's going to be uh, John Smith, Mr. Windrush, Rob Crooks, uh, Lonnie C. Cold Waffle, Three peaks. it's going to be a good old timey Christmas or holiday. I almost said Christmas. Is it going to be the first holiday real convention. rap
7: show at the Goodwill? Has there been a rap show at the Goodwill yet? I don't think it hasn't so. It's been open though. I don't, I don't think, think so. Really don't think so. so. No. This might be the first so rap show. Yeah. First rap so convention. So you got to come or you're racist. That's... that's or, yeah, <laughs> you, gotta that in. you don't show basically, up basically, you, you
3: don't jeopardize everything. You're you're just, gonna just, yeah. <laughs> just,
5: just discount everything we ever said at the start. <laughs> <laughs> statement. <Yeah. laughs> oh, ridiculous. So maybe
0: we should go around the table and people can uh, let everyone know where you can find your music and stuff, right? Because, I mean, you, want, you know, you want Mars. outside of uh, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> on the moon, yeah, yeah,
1: moon. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ridiculous. first. Uh,
0: t- t- <laughs>
6: Those aliens were white, by the way. White <laughs> <laughs> aliens? The Anunnaki brought us civilization? <laughs> um... So you can find me at uh, facebook.com slash
4: robcrooksmusic at robcrooks on twitter robcrooks.com uh, You can find me soundcloud.com slash lonnie um as well as mixcloud and yeah
5: Catch me on the moon or Jupiter <laughs> Fighting Dick Tracy <laughs> Yo arm wrestling Dick Tracy <laughs> <laughs> talking to Count Basie. <laughs>
7: <laughs> uh, best way uh, to follow me is on Twitter at uh, SmittyMyBro S-M-I-T-T-Y-M-Y-B-R-O You can get all the information you need out of there. I'm all over the place as far as labels and websites and, and all that good stuff. Cool. Don't uh, forget about December 29th at the Goodwill. PNC 20th, oh yeah, 20th, 20th. anniversary reunion show
0: if people want to hear more episodes of this show like can go to there's a hundred and whatever episodes there for free download and streaming and uh, we're on Twitter at wishpolicefm Facebook slash Wish radio, and a bunch of other places you know. oh uh, you can listen on the actual radio on Monday nights at 11 on uh, 101.5 FM. and we're also part of the Garbage Hill Podcast Network which is just uh, the goal of it is to have like a one stop shop for uh, independent radio in Winnipeg of all different kinds of you know music shows and other kinds of shows as well so up. And
6: Rob, you you to, to close out? Yeah, let's uh, just close it out with uh, Mouth Breather by uh, the Jesus Lizard. Cool.